Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, America, I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here in New York City. Now, check this out. Bill El Bobo de Blasio and Essential Andy Cuomo are at it again. Check this out. I think you have tremendous credibility, not just across the country, uh, but across uh, this state. And I think your voice on saying that the vaccines are safe uh, would be important. I said that as soon as uh, the vaccine is deemed ready and safe, I'll be the first one to take a vaccine. Uh, Maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine to uh, to, you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be which whenever whichever you want. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. Fauci and Cuomo, I'll give you a friend. Who who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want to be? I love them both. I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. Who's the politician? (laughs) Who's the politician? Who's the politician? Of course, that's essential, Andy. And then, of course, his counterpart there. Let me see if I can do this one. Uh, you can wear a mask if you like your mask. If you don't like your mask, you don't wear your mask. Uh, whatever I say is good. Whatever they say is bad. Trump's bad, but I'm good. That's uh, Dr. Tony Fauci. Now, Dr. Tony Fauci, uh, by all accounts, honestly, I've never met anybody that actually met him and knows him that was like, oh, he's a horrible human. Most people just say, you know, he's duplicitous. He says one thing. He says another, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, most people say, oh, Tony Fauci's a great guy. He's a great guy. And I'm, I hope he is a great guy. I think the guys from Max Public House are also great guys just trying to make a living. You know, um, like uh, the one guy on um, Fox News I heard, he ha- I had him on the show, Scott Lobato. He said, people just want to go out for a burger and a beer. And it made a lot of sense. You know, I, I do agree. People have been locked down for a long time and they want to go out and they want to have a burger. They want to have a beer. They want to watch the game and shoot the breeze with somebody next to them. And I get it. It's the local watering hole. And... It's out of control. And of course, these guys put so much pressure on people that they're having protests and hundreds of people are gathered outside the business. And I didn't really want to talk about that particular story, but it, it to me, it lends itself well to making the point that when you put pressure on people, people are going to, they're going to behave erratically. Now, if you're saying, well, Rich, no, that's not fair. There's pressure on a lot of people and I'm not, I'm not, you know, wigging out and doing crazy things. Well, perhaps the pressure isn't that severe. Maybe you are able to work from home. Maybe you work for the government where it doesn't matter whether you work or not. The paycheck's coming in the mail. So is your pension. So is your deferred compensation. So is your uh, nearly uh, non-existent bill for health care because you get it all for free. 
And I'm not taking shots at government workers. I just know this because of my own experience. I remember once taking a $10,000 pay cut in a job to go work in the government and ended up with more money. How does that happen? Well, that's because I used to pay $9,000 a year in health insurance. And when I got to working for the state, I paid $750 a year for a family of four. And I thought that was remarkable. How is it? And I know how is it. I'll tell you exactly how it was. The government had their hands in the pockets of each and every one of my neighbors, taking money by way of taxes. They take your money so that we in the government can live good and you can work really, really hard to pay thousands and pay the fair market rate, whether it's inflated or not. You pay the fair market rate. We skate by not paying a damn thing. Hence, I'm no longer with the government because I had that kind of view. But all that being said, you have people that are applauding the fact that the owner from the bar has been arrested yet again. Now, listen, he was going to be arrested for opening the place, not for bumping into the cop with his police car in his car when the cop got in front of his car. But that didn't stop Mayor Bill de Blasio. Mayor Bill de Blasio relished in his commentary, relished in everything that he was doing and saying as he was talking about Danny Presti's arrest, uh, the, one of the owners from Max Public House on Staten Island. And I thought to myself, you know, this is what he lives for. He lives to relish in the pain of other people, to relish in the pain of New Yorkers. Listen to Bill El Bobo de Blasio. Check this out. If we could just circle back to the Staten Island uh, bar owner real fast. There are a lot of people who are looking at what unfolded on Staten Island and wondering what would have happened if the barkeep weren't white. Would he have been released on his own recognizance and, and would someone who have who, who ran over a sheriff been treated in a similar manner if they weren't white? Nolan, look, we should always ask if people are being fe- treated fairly and if there's equality in the way we enforce our laws. This is such an important topic. In this case, I want to hear from the law enforcement leaders, the NYPD, the district attorney, et cetera, on the decision and why it was made and how it fits with the overall rules of who gets released and who doesn't. But let's be clear. The most important thing is what this guy did. And it was absolutely unacceptable. I'm sure this is a guy who would say he's all in favor of law and order. Uh, and, you know, he's making a big deal about what's happened with his bar. Well, guess what? Law and order means When the state of New York says your bar needs to be closed, your bar needs to be closed to protect people's health and safety. No excuses. And when you violate the law, there will be consequences. And then if you take an action against a law enforcement officer, there will be even more consequences. So this guy is a hypocrite and he's about to pay the price for his hypocrisy. There you go. Paying the price for his hypocrisy. Now, listen, what I want you to really do is you just heard, you know, a minute of audio from Mayor Bill de Blasio. You also heard about a minute or so from Andrew Cuomo. What I want you to do from today and for the rest of your life, when you hear people like this speak, ask yourself when they're done, wow, was that unifying? Was that pro-America? Was that something where we're here to, to love our fellow man, love our neighbor? Each and every time, each and every time the answer is no. They don't believe in unity. They don't believe in bringing us together. They do everything in the name of something to divide you in the name of that same thing. Let's everything in the name of COVID so we can be safe, so we can be this, and so we can be that, so that we can be split to mask or not to mask. Law and order. Clearly, he was taking shots at Trump, right? And anybody that supports Trump saying, oh, these Trumpers, they're the first ones to go and run over a cop. Really? Really, bro? Uh, Lieutenant David Dorn, 
Was it Captain David Dorn? Excuse me. Cops were killed. Multiple cops were killed. Innocent people were killed. All in the name of George Floyd. People thought it was cute to take a knee, put their fist in the air. Thirty some odd people died in those three months. I'm not condoning what this guy did. I don't even know what this guy did, to tell you the truth. I don't know if they tried to stop him by getting in front of his car and got clipped in the way. And I'm not saying they were wrong and he was right. I'm just saying I don't know what happened. When it says struck by a car, you know, you could be struck by a car doing a lot of things. I don't know the details. I don't know the speed. I don't know the extent of the injury. Point was it was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. We get that. But to sit here and paint this guy who by all accounts otherwise is an upstanding small business owner that's just trying to make a living for his family and paint him as some sort of radical who believes in freedom because he wants to open his bar. I mean, it's beyond the pale. And that's exactly what these guys do each and every time. They want you to hate the other side. They want you to be divided. It's the divide and conquer strategy. And I hate to be repetitive or redundant, but this is something I think every time one of these radical leftists open their mouth, this is what they do. It's divide and conquer. It's, oh, it's the straights versus the gays. It's the blacks versus the whites. It's the Jews versus everybody. No matter what it is, they want to split you up so that you're always looking at a different segment of the population in disdain. And all in the name of safety, all in the name of coronavirus. So now, as of late, it's all in the name of safety. Wear a mask. And I'm not saying not to wear the mask. I think we should wear masks as appropriate. I I wear one when I ride the train. I wear one when I ride the subway. If I know I'm going to be for extended periods of time around somebody that's going to be more than six feet in my proximity, I wear the mask. If I know I'm going to talk on the radio for an hour, I don't wear the mask because I would probably sound like this and it wouldn't be a good thing. So I'm not wearing the mask. But my point is, it's all right to wear the mask. It's all right to wash your hands. It's all right to have some social distancing. Those things all make sense. Make sure the mask is working. Make sure it's clean. Make sure it's not the same old mask. As we saw in 1918, people were dying from bacterial pneumonia. And after the pandemic, the bacterial pneumonia continued to kill people because they were putting whatever they could over their face, thinking this dirty rag is better than me potentially getting the Spanish flu. Obviously, that wasn't the case. And it's not the case today. We have to be wise. We have to be judicious. We have to look at how quick 74-year-old guy who pushes the pedal to the metal every day, Donald Trump, when he gets El Trumpito, El Presidente, when he was uh, diagnosed with COVID-19, he did a nice long weekend in the hospital. Boom, he bounced right back. And I happened to talk to him while he was still quarantining in his house after he came home from the hospital. He sounded terrific. So my point is there are some 20th century solutions out there and we need to uh, make sure that we're on top of them. Keep it locked right there because there's a lot more to talk about. Updates from uh, America's mayor and what's going on in the courts today. The big case is going to be considered in front of the Supreme Court. Plus, somebody's volunteered to argue that case. So keep it locked right there. You're listening to This is America. I'm Rich Valdez. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. This is Rich Valdez. We are still here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. 
Today, uh, I hope, it's my hope, it's honestly, it's my sincere prayer that the Supreme Court will put aside their cowardice for looking like they have been tainted by politics and will interpret the Constitution accurately and appropriately so that states cannot abuse uh, the American Electoral College, which many, many, many a leftist left-wing, radical, progressive type have been after. They've been trying to disenfranchise the suffrage of smaller states in the name of states like Essential Andes, in the name of states like Gavin Newsom's. And you've heard these arguments before. I'm preaching to the choir. But yes, if California and New York were allowed to have their way and we went with a national popular vote, it may take many decades or at least a decade and a half, I would say at a minimum, to be able to compete with California and New York because you would have to start a massive migration of people to a different area. Let's say Nebraska or South Dakota or North Dakota. You know, one of these states that have a lower population than just about any other state at Rhode Island. And we would have to move people in there by the boatload in order for them to be able to compete so that their electoral votes could count, so that their national popular vote would count, because otherwise they'd get drowned out by these two behemoth states. And of course, that's why they want to do that. And that's why the founders foresaw that and said, you know what, if we don't do this electoral college and we have this weighted system, we're screwed, or at least the smaller states are going to be screwed. So I think it's important to know what the tradition is, know the history and understand why we have those uh, traditions and why we have these fail-safes in place, these safeguards to make sure that we don't end up in a situation where we have a tyrannical ruler like Essential Andy Cuomo, who, for whatever reason, seems to be able to have these circuitous debates with himself and with the media to make the case that it's okay for him to rule. It's okay for him to just tell people what the rules are. Speaking of rules, Stephanie Rule from MSNBC, and this was yesterday, she uh, was talking about how essential Andy Cuomo had pretty much chased my buddies, the Young Republican Club of New York City. I spoke at the Young Republican Club uh, just about a month and a half ago for their Hispanic Heritage event. It was an outdoor event. There was social distancing involved. And it was a great way to honor the not only the tradition and the heritage, but the contributions that so many Americans of Hispanic descent have made to our country and our economy and industry. And I think of that, and it was it was a wonderful event, and nobody was harmed. It was not a super spreader. Nobody that was there ended up sick, and that was over a month ago, so we would have known by now. And in tradition with their gala for their club, one of the, um, I, probably the one of the oldest Republican clubs in America, 108 years they've been celebrating with an annual gala. They haven't taken a year off yet. That means they did it through polio. They did it through the Spanish flu. They did it through H1N1. They did it through stars, excuse me, SARS, not stars. And they haven't taken a year off. But this year, Essential Andy, Essential Andy from the Essential Andy Cuomo podcast says, no, you will not be able to do your gala. And not in the name of coronavirus, really in the name of fascism. Because they had secured or tried to secure a venue here in New York City and decided not to go with that venue for space and because of the crowd size or whatever. But you can have up to 50 people as long as you're social distancing and this, that, and the other thing. But that wasn't good enough. So the mayor tried to chase them out of New York, and he did. 
So they decided to go across the, the water and they went to Jersey. And I talked about this over the weekend when it happened. But I want to bring it up again because she brought it up again. Stephanie Rule on MSNBC. And they ended up in Jersey. And Governor Phil Murphy got the call from Essential Andy. And Essential Andy calls, hey, Phil. Hey, it's Essential Andy Cuomo. I want you to put the goon squad out and get these young 20-something-year-old conservative Trumpers. And, of course, he did. He followed suit. So much so that my phone started ringing off the hook with people. You know, remember, I worked in state government in New Jersey. I still have a friend or three. People were calling me saying, Phil Murphy's trying to get the state police to go after these guys. And I said, oh, that's serious. Before I knew it, my phone was ringing with reporters from the New York Times trying to get me for comment, trying to say what's, you know, to see what's going on. I didn't take the call because I was in the studio. And before I knew it, that same reporter that was calling me had published a tremendous hit piece saying that the young Republicans were doing a super spreader. They didn't. They did not recognize the fact that all of the young Republicans walked into the place wearing a mask. The New Jersey rule is while you're eating and you're at your table, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're not standing next to somebody for more than 15 minutes, CDC guidelines, they took off their mask for pictures to take a group photo, put them back on, went back to their tables, did what they did, exited with the masks on. Video to prove it all didn't matter because Governor Phil Murphy came through with his fascistic fist in the air and his state police goons, Jersey City police, whoever he used uh, to to get this done with the New York Times in tow, mind you. So the media, colluding with the government, went to shut them down, but they were too late. They'd missed the party by about a half hour. So because they were mad, they decided they were going to shut down the restaurant. But Stephanie Rule says that's not enough. We have to go after these guys, too. We have to, I don't know, what does she want to do? Put them in a camp or something? Listen to what she has to say. Check this out. You know I have to ask you about this party. The New York Young Republicans couldn't hold an event in New York because the rules wouldn't permit it, but they held a gala here in our state. You called out Congressman Matt Gates, who, you know, he attended this party. But here's the thing. Matt Gates doesn't care. He doesn't care that you called him a putz. He doesn't care that you don't want him in New Jersey. He loves this national news. But now those people who broke the rules could be spreading this virus and killing people across our state. You're the one who makes the rules. Do you need to put more restrictions in place and actually punish these people? We've got the same darn rules that New York has. These jerks just came in. It's under investigation, uh, including the venue. Uh, and it's unfathomable. The pictures, nobody's wearing a mask. They're inside. They're on top of each other. It's ridiculous. Well, it's ridiculous. Now, I got a story for everything. You know, Governor Phil Murphy, I got to tell you, I, I don't I don't even like making fun of him because I think he's actually an affable guy. I like I don't agree with probably 90 percent of what comes out of his mouth. But before my parents died, he walked in a parade that happens to launch outside of my house and it turns the corner. So we, you know, we, the family, we set up in our driveway with chairs to watch the parade. And before both of my parents had passed away, when he was still campaigning for governor, he passed by and he didn't care, you know, if he knew us or not. He came in, he said, hello, obviously he didn't know who I was. And he was super nice, super nice to my parents, came in, shook everybody's hand, didn't have a mask. Obviously it was not Corona time back then. Really nice guy. I was about to start busting his stones and asking him, you know, why are you going to turn New Jersey into a sanctuary state and really go, you know, uh, go along? But it was it was a nice time. We were celebrating America. It was the Fourth of July, and I was just, um, you know, I didn't want to ruin my own mood. But I got to tell you, one on one, he's a very affable guy, and that's what makes him such an effective politician. And in a situation like this, he gives these answers that these platitudes they're so um, they're so 
wide, wide, uh, widen their focus, broad brush type of strokes where it's kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Stephanie Rule just asked the governor of the state of New Jersey if we should be punishing the people that had a dinner that fell under the state's guidelines. And because of political issues between Representative Gates, congressman from uh, Florida, and Governor Phil Murphy, governor from New Jersey, because of their own partisan issues, we're going to take it out on a bunch of kids that are young professionals that are part of the New York City Young Republican Club that chose to spend their money in New Jersey's economy. I, 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 it's beyond the pale here. We do not live for the coronavirus. We do not live for that. I wasn't put on this earth for the coronavirus. The coronavirus is not my purpose in life, nor is it anyone else's purpose. It's something that we have to deal with and we'll deal with it. Everybody can deal with it. You know what? Put the mask on. Wash your hands. Wear gloves. I think the biggest thing, physical distancing. You can't get something unless somebody's breathing on you. So bottom line, no, we're not going to be all fascistic and crazy and start punishing people because they had a dinner the way that these guys decided to shut down that restaurant. And as soon as it's open again, or if it ever opens again, or if that guy from the Maritime decides to open it somewhere else, go patronize, patronize them there and support the businesses that are supporting our people. Because it's a shame to have a governor that operates at such a petty level, just like his counterparts, Andy, Essential Andy, and of course, Bill El Bobo de Blasio. Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, and I want to talk about what's going on right now with elections and ballots and all sorts of things like that. And one of those things that we just uh, keep looking at is what's happening in different races around the country. Because as you know, while the Democrats maintain their House majority, it's getting slimmer and slimmer. And check out this headline, which you wouldn't think it would matter if it wasn't for the fact that things are so incredibly tight in some of these races. Check this out. 12 more unaccounted ballots found in ultra-tight House race in New York. Unofficial results show Republican candidate Claudia Tenney with a lead of how many? 12 votes. You heard that right. She's ahead by 12 votes, and they just found 12 votes. Now, yesterday I talked about how Georgia lost their chain of custody paperwork for ballots that were collected at ballot boxes all over the, the, um, the county there. And they just didn't know. So for t- today, of course, we have uh, APD extraordinaire Matt Dahl running the uh, mothership here today. And if Matt Dahl was the one that collected the ballots and then gave them to Richie V, and I didn't sign off or he didn't sign off or both of us signed off, but now the paperwork's gone missing... How do we know who did the finagling, the Fugazi fraud stuff? We don't know. So that's what's happening in Georgia. And now it seems to be they're finding more ballots in New York. New York State Supreme Court Justice, excuse me, Scott Del Conte. Scott Del Conte on Monday said that officials have discovered additional uncounted ballots amid an ongoing legal dispute related to the outcome of the race in New York's 22nd Congressional District. The disclosure came during a hearing to determine the next steps in the effort to declare a winner in the race between the incumbent Democrat uh, Anthony Brinzi and 
Republican opponent, Claudia Tenney. Unofficial results show that Tenney is ahead with a lead of just 12 votes in that race. And there's a lot of things going on. Uh, They had found 55 ballots that were uncounted in the same county last week. 11 were by unregistered voters. I mean, that's why it's so important for you to go and vote. People are like, oh, but my vote doesn't count, you know, because of the Electoral College. Listen, stop whining. Your vote counts. You vote straight down whatever ticket you like. You want to crisscross on a ticket? You could do that, too. The point is don't miss an opportunity to vote because these things can be corrupted easily and every vote does count. And thankfully, it's a lot harder to buy off a big group of people than it is a small group of people. And what I mean by that is it's easy to pay off one person to cheat in a race, but it's kind of hard to bribe a thousand people that are volunteering to watch ballots and be challengers and poll challengers and adjudicators. So the more people that are involved, you being one of them, the less corruption there can be. All that being said, things continue to heat up in Georgia. Yesterday, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said that he's going to certify the vote for Biden for the fourth time. Now, of course, Raffensperger was going off the deep end, in my opinion, because you literally have Mayor Giuliani was there on Thursday. You have the president tweeting on a regular basis saying, look, we want signature verification. We're disputing the results. We haven't certified them yet in Congress on December 14th for the electors to be certified. So I think it's well within the window of somebody making a claim. But yet they rushed to certify instead of saying, you know what? In the sake of transparency and best interest, we're going to hold off on certifying anything until the electors do their thing or right before that. You know, we're going to give it time while these things are in court. But no, they wanted to uh, undermine the president's efforts to set the record straight. And again, this isn't the president trying to overturn an election for himself per se. I think we'd all like to see President Trump win by we all. I mean me. But in reality... He's fighting for the integrity of the election, just as is Mayor Giuliani, just as is Jenna Ellis and so many others. But he continues to talk about how it's been 34 days, yet today is only the 8th of December. And in 2000, on the 8th of December, good old Al Gore was still in court and nobody was rushing him. Not a bit. Nobody. But now it's, oh, move on. You're a sore loser. Get out of town. Anyway, I want you to hear what Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state in Georgia, had to say at a press conference yesterday saying that they've legally counted the ballots, even if they're fraud ballots. He's counted them again for the third time. Check this out. It's been a long 34 days since the election on November 3rd. We have now counted legally cast ballots three times and the results remain unchanged. As secretary of state, I have worked to secure the vote for all Georgians. On day one, we outlawed ballot harvesting. We strengthened signature match through the GBI training and moved towards an audible paper ballot system. I am the first Secretary of State to implement a driver's license requirement for online absentee ballot applications, which strengthened the security of our absentee ballot process. Whether it is the President of the United States or a failed gubernatorial candidate, disinformation disinformation regarding election administration should be condemned and rejected. Integrity matters. Truth matters. Absolutely. That's kind of like saying lives matter. 
humans matter, we shouldn't kill people. These platitudes, these these generalized statements that, of course, people are going to agree with mean nothing to me. Of course, truth matters. What's wrong with this guy? That's it's exactly why we're fighting the fight we're fighting, because there's video of people saying, oh, there's a water main break. Shut the place down. And then everybody leaves. Then four people stay behind and they wheel out these containers that have votes in them. And while everybody's supposed to be out and while there's not a single Republican there doing poll watching while the ballots are being counted, they start counting and scanning ballots and going through stuff. Yet everybody wants to. Well, that's been debunked. That's been debunked. That's like showing a video of a bank robbery and going, yeah, no, no, but the bank was closed and the security guard had gone home. It doesn't matter, bro. You're still robbing the bank. That's the point that I'm trying to make. And people just seem to go with the flow. No, well, it's been debunked. He wasn't robbing the bank. He was making sure his gun was on safety while he was doing a withdrawal. Just happened to be pointed at the teller. Come on, man. We're not stupid. In the words of Joe Biden, come on, man. People aren't that dumb. They really aren't. I mean, some are, granted. People that watch CNN and go, how could anybody vote for Trump? Of course, there's those kinds of stupid people. But for the rest of us, we realize, hey, look, you know what? Trump might lose. But can we really say that he was ahead in every county except these major Democrat counties? And that all of a sudden, when Biden was performing worse than Hillary Clinton performed in those same states, that miraculously these counties came through for Biden and only for Biden and not a single other candidate. I think that's like, wow. And there was this one guy on Mark Levin's program this weekend who said that that was somehow statistically uh, impossible or improbable. And I thought, hmm, well, that's, that's a good one because that's something that we need to look at. I'm no mathematician. But one thing I think that we need to do is focus on the things that that matter, things that make sense. So I want to go to actually cut 17. I didn't even ask for that one. Okay. Well, if we don't have it, we don't have it. But he talks about how it's interesting to look at everything else besides the number, right? So while Mr. Raffensperger is saying... You know, oh, we've counted every vote. The argument here is that the votes you're counting may include votes that should, you know, ballots that were fraudulent that should not be counted as a legal vote. And he makes the case quite ceremoniously, if you will. I think he does a good job saying there's a lot of non-polling metrics, things like party registration trends, how more people registered to become Republicans now than they had in the past. And it was a very high number, more than the Democrats did. He also talked about how each of the candidates did in the presidential primaries. You know, how did the enthusiasm change with respect to that? Trump did really well, as opposed to some of his counterparts. Then looking at the increase in absentee balloting and the lack of experience that most of the new ballot voters, you know, the new mail-in voters had, and the counting of such, what type of uh, probability do you have? And the answer is it's not a lot of probability. And this is why you have contested states like Arizona and Georgia, where the rejection rate was only 2% in previous elections. And now you have a rejection rate of ballots that's 0.02 or 0.03. You look at that and you say, wow, so we went to a new way of voting and not an easier way, but a harder way, a harder way to track. And everything worked out. Everything was good. Everything was 
you know, uh, all roses and fancy and no problems. That's something I think it's not going to work out. I think people aren't going to buy that. So before we go, I want you to listen to this uh, cut from Kelly Leffler. You saw her in the debate on Sunday and she uh, she made some really good comments about what this really means, these elections. What's what's the cost? Check this out. Senator, did you believe the, the election was rigged? Look, Greg, it's very clear that there were issues in this election. There are 250 investigations open, including an investigation into one of my opponent's organizations, you know, for voter fraud. And we have to make sure that Georgians trust this process because of what's at stake in this election. You know, the the promise that Chuck Schumer made was to fundamentally change America. And I'm making sure that we don't go down the road of socialism. We can't go down the road of socialism. We can't. We have to fight. That's why I take my hat off to Senator Ted Cruz, who announced that if the Supreme Court decides to take up the Pennsylvania mail-in ballot case, he will make the oral arguments on behalf of the petitioners, Mike Kelly and congressional candidate Sean Parnell. And that's the case that we think that uh, Sam Alito may take up today, but he's definitely going to review today. Now, in other, this is actually breaking news, um, at least within the last 30 minutes. The state of Texas is now suing four battleground states in the Supreme Court over unlawful uh, election results because of their violation or rejection of the Electoral College. And this is something I'd love to get into, but we'd probably need another hour just to break it down. Bottom line is, by these states finagling their results and changing the rules unconstitutionally, it's impacting the franchise of voters in other states who voted for a particular presidential candidate. And that's why I always say... You have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And to quote Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So do something, rise up, stand up, read something, know something, take action, because America's depending on you. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 